Hello, everybody. This is definitely our first time recording this podcast. Right, Jim? First time. We've never, ever had a bad take. This is the first time I've ever had a microphone in my face. Yes. Neither of us have guns to our head. We are saying of sound mind and body that this is the first and only recording of the first episode of our new podcast. Um, then we're, we're glad to be here with you today. And Ree, what is the name of that podcast? Oh, no. We had to have a name. Oh. Oh. I thought you were coming up with the name. Okay, look. Uh, yeah, I... You know, I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I, I have a name. No, it's cool, guys. I'll tell you later. And then I just never thought about it. But in a moment of inspiration, I've decided we are the Squarecast. Squarecast. All right. The Squarecast. Welcome, everybody, to the Squarecast. Um just a little bit of an introduction to who we are and what we're doing here. Uh, my name's Ree, my co-host. My name's Jim. And much better looking co-host. Well, Ryan, the, the, the guy on uh, uh, behind the scenes. He's, he's very much in front of the scenes for me. So he's just literally in my line of sight. Um, so it's great. But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, yeah, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Squarecast, um, and I think I speak for all of us here um, when I say that we are young, young professionals as far as that phrase goes nowadays in 2020, whatever the hell that might mean, um, but who grew up in Buffalo, in Western New York, who remember a time when the city and this area was a much different place. Um, we're basing our name on a couple things. Um, Thursday at the Square uh, is very much the inspiration in a lot of ways. And not just for it being a venue that had a lot of great and interesting musical acts, although that's certainly part of it. And we would in the future very much like to explore some of Buffalo's local music scene and culture. Um, but just for being a meeting place, just for being somewhere you could go and come across people of all walks of life and all sorts of um, different kinds of dress and different, you know, subcultures, cultures here in Buffalo, you really saw everybody down at the square. It was the thing to do. Like uh, every Thursday, whether or not you, you gave a shit about the band or the musician or the group or whoever it was that was playing or performing, and whether you cared about the openers or any of that, you, you just did it. You always went to Thursday in the Square um, when it was at Lafayette Square. Uh, you, you, you went down there. It, it was packed. Um, you could tell that there were some people who came more for concerts, but there was just a large contingent, thousands of people, who showed up every single Thursday for the gathering, not not, not uh, a yeah, party, vibing, but the gathering. I believe that was is there. what the uh, the youth. It was exciting on um, TikTok. Yeah, it was exciting TikTok. to have somewhere damn TikTok be so accessible. Uh, no, but and truly, as we, such a I think focus point. What for is now all different kinds of people phrased in the because past, no matter who you I don't know, were, maybe five to ten years, you felt like you had a place uh, coming down. A lot of people Square. want to call and just taking a, a in the ambiance. Certainly, politically um, invested just, people just kind of existing. Just kind of what do the kids Buffalo. say now? Um, vibing. I think we very much lost both 
both physically and metaphorically these spaces. Um, you know, if you can't tell all of us here based on our terribly nasally, uh, Buffalo accents are, are born and raised in this area. And, and we've watched the changes happen over our lifetimes. Let's make the Buffalo accent cool. Okay. I mean, it's never not been cool, but we are making it especially cool Mm. and hot. Yeah, I, there's certainly was something about that period of time in the early 2000s to like mid to late 2000s. Like, I'm thinking like 2000 to like 2009, 2010. That era, those that decade of Thursday in the Square was it. It was something to be at, to be seen at, to to do, to converse with all kinds of groups of people. Uh, I know, you know, myself, I spent a lot of time there and then at Mohawk place immediately afterwards, uh, you know, as you know, somebody who's George Clinton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Me and George Clinton were uh, at Mohawk place often, uh, at the square. He was the- and George Clinton was there, but I mean, it wasn't until he got to Mohawk place that where things really kicked off. You got that right. Um, yeah. And, and they had some great great shows i mean i I got to see uh uh tv on the radio there yeah no i mean certainly that era in buffalo um was definitely a prime time um but as tony soprano said uh remember when is the lowest form of conversation so this isn't going to be primarily a nostalgia trip podcast like that's not our aim is to say how great the early 2000s were although it certainly felt even though it was very terrible in a lot of ways in its own right um it definitely felt much better than this moment in time does but what we're trying to capture is the essence and spirit of those times which i think is very much present still here in buffalo I I don't think that ever went away. I don't think the coolness of Buffalo ever really went away. But instead, I think it's been obfuscated. It's been, you know, rebranded into this, for for lack of a better phrase, Buffalo reclamation project. It's become an Instagram hashtag, keep Buffalo a secret, like all of these things that are sort of manufactured to prey upon you as a local Buffalonian or somebody from the area, but you're an expat or you're just somebody who has an affinity for Buffalo. A lot of these things have been rebranded and presented to you like, gee, don't you remember how great Buffalo was or, You know, didn't you like Buffalo? And yeah, okay, we very much have had that loser complex for a long time here, but we've also had just that feeling of inclusion, that feeling of, you know, just existing and being in a shared space and welcoming people from wherever you came from. And I think that's our aim here is to, you know, be be as funny as we can be be a little bit irreverent, um, but really sort of um, channel that spirit of uh, 
maybe a bygone time, but again, I want to stress that I don't think that's ever gone away. I think it's just gone a little bit underground. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, one of the issues is that, you know, the Buffalo, the Keep Buffalo Secret, the the rebirth of the city is an appeal to the suburbs. Absolutely. Largely. Yeah. It's, it's an appeal to specifically white suburban individuals and trying to get them to, uh, yeah, oh, I'll buy into the city so that when they go on their carnival cruise and somebody says, where are you from? They don't say Amherst, New York. They say they're from Buffalo. They, they want them to identify with the metropolitan statistical area. And, um, I mean, I do. I've always identified with Buffalo, even though I grew up in a second-ring suburb. I lived in Buffalo for 15 years um, proper uh, once I got a chance to, once I moved out. Uh, I think living in Buffalo was one of the best decisions I've ever had. And I lived in Baltimore, so clearly living in Buffalo was one of the best decisions I've ever had. Uh, but I, I think that there was something to, and there, there is still something to the city that there's a, a, a realness to it. There's a grittiness to it, um, that the keep Buffalo secret, the hashtags, the Instagram feeds, the, that the Buffalo just doesn't get to, um, I think you see that in the bike culture in the city of Buffalo. I think the bike culture, uh, is real and rooted and um, really reaches out, you know, whether it's the Buffalo slow roll, which I hate sometimes because it gets in my way, or it's just the dudes who are out there on their Sunday night bike rides and they're, they're having a fire at the outer Harbor. Um, but I think the bike culture is something that's legit in the city of Buffalo. Um, and, you know, and the music, um, you know, I used to spend a lot of time at, the Continental, when it was open, R.I.P., uh, at Mohawk Place, uh, at, at, oh, God, what, Merlin's before it was Blue Monk. Pour one out for pour both Merlin's for, and Blue Monk. Yeah, pour one out for oh, Blue yes. Monk and don't pour one out for Merlin's. Merlin smelled <laughs> like shit. It was the worst smelling bathroom there. Like if, if you were at Merlin's and somebody said, oh, we're going to the pink, you'd be like, I'll hold it and go there. That's how bad the bathroom smelled at Merlin's. I'm sorry, no, nothing has captured the magic that Blue Monk had. Oh, no, nothing's no. captured the, the magic that Blue Monk had. And, and maybe one day we'll get Mike Schatzel on the show to talk about local yeah. beer. That, w that would be amazing. That would be a huge get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, and it's not to denigrate folks who are truly invested in bringing the spirit of Buffalo out, even if sometimes misguided efforts. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of well-meaning people who do try, but ultimately, again, I, I come back to, I know we live in an age of, you know, I don't want to sound like a friggin' boomer, but like hashtags and going viral. And, and I understand the utility of that. I understand the importance of internet and internet culture and and capturing that but again i think buffalo a lot of people say that buffalo ends up being kind of stuck in time um whether they want to talk about like the real estate market not really being hit by like national trends or you know just a lot of different ways you could say buffalo ends up kind of you know, stuck in its own weird little time right just like jurassic park it's one of those insects in the amber. 
and somebody's going to come across it eventually and take the DNA out, and they're going to recreate a real city from the 50s. <laughs> if, if you're North Tonawanda, you mean the 1850s, right? <laughs> right, yeah, the sundowner city. Um, but, but, but again, Buffalo is its own place, its own culture, and that's what makes us so special in a lot of ways and so infuriating in others. Um, so, again, with that in mind, we here at the Squarecast want to channel that spirit, see how it sort of plays out today, um, focus on the people who are, uh, the groups who are, who are trying to bring it out, and ultimately just have a good time, um, you know, just kind of shoot the shit, just kind of hang out with each other. Right. We live here. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, look, uh, sometimes if you're doing something that's not good for Buffalo, we might say we don't think so. You know, or, or we, we think you're doing something that's disadvantageous to the city. Uh, if you're doing something good, I hope we support you and we give you a positive applause and, and give you praise. Um, and if you're doing something in between, well, try to do worse. And then we'll talk about you. Be cool about it. All right, yeah. If you're going <laughs> to be cool about it, give us content to talk about. Just make our lives a little bit simpler. We, if you're going to do something like not so great but not so bad, be interesting. Right, like, you know, be Zoom copy. Like, Rory Allen is, is a, a, a friendly acquaintance of mine. Uh, and, you know, it, he's always out there on Zoom copy. He was the one who started the Allen Diggs 20 signs. That are popping up across. That was him. Page. I had no idea where that started. Yeah, that, 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 that's Zoom copy started that. Be Zoom copy. You know, you, you don't have to be good. I don't. I don't know that any for-profit business is necessarily a force for good. Although he tries to be pretty good. You don't have to be bad, and Zoom copy is certainly not bad. But be somewhat noteworthy, and that's what he is. He's, he's out there every single day. He, he also had a sign. Uh, uh, no president in 2020. Uh, United States just needs some time to itself, baby. And it was a, a tweet that he saw, and he, he reached out to the person who tweeted it, and he made a deal with them so he could make signs. Uh, you know, be Zoom copy. Be Rory Allen. Be noteworthy. I, I'll do you one better. Be Josh Allen, okay? Be, be like, spectacular sometimes. We're not quite sure if you're good. We hope you're good. You look like you might be good. You could you could mess it up at any given time, and we we'd get it. We understand. Just constantly teetering on that line. Uh, yeah, just just on the verge of like breaking down and looking like a deer in the headlights, and yet somehow you're freaking awesome out we, of nowhere. And we, which we desperately want. We desperately want you to be awesome to the uh, to the point that like we don't we don't know how to handle it or express ourselves about it. We, we want you to be awesome so way more than you want yourself to be awesome, way more than your mom wants you to be awesome. Like, the, in the entire West New York, Southern Ontario region, just has this, like, that it, right now, you don't, even, you don't even have to win the Super Bowl. Please do, but you don't even have to win the Super Bowl. The first playoff win, the level of catharsis that will happen in Southern Ontario and West New York, just absolutely insane. I mean... If you win the Super Bowl, great, because what happens is we put a police line around all of Erie and Niagara County, and we say, folks, it's closed. Just all move to Charlotte with the rest of your family, and we'll, there's no reason to be here anymore. That's, that's all we ever wanted. We, we've had two presidents come from here, but what we always wanted was just that one Super Bowl win. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I speak for literally everybody, not on this podcast, not just on this podcast, but within like the 716 area code where you would like, <laughs> you would give up like a disgusting amount of like things in your life to like have the Bills win a Super Bowl. Like, Brian, would you like, if somebody told you that if you stopped eating cheese, that the Bills would win a Super Bowl, would you, would you stop eating cheese for the rest of your life? For the rest of my life? I said for the rest of your life. That's a tough one, but uh, I think I'd go with the Bills. I, if if somebody said if the Bills win the Super Bowl, Jim, but you can never have kids, I think I think I'd go with it. I'd I'd go with it. And and you know, and I'm somebody who wants to have kids. I would I actively, generally, genuinely want to have children, ladies. Uh, but <laughs> uh. Or at least a child, but it, you know, for the Bills to win a Super Bowl, I'd be like, yeah, I, I probably would give up having children. You know, this is 2020. You don't need a lady anymore. Uh, well, that, that's that's true. But you can want one. I, that's I, I, okay I, I, too. You can want one. Right? Yeah. I, and that's okay too. Um, but no, seriously, um, and not to torture this metaphor too much further. Um, but back to the idea of the square specifically. I'm thinking of Lafayette Square. The other part of that is. Down the street from Lafayette Square is is City Hall in Niagara Square. Um, it's always in in view, and I think that's the other side of this podcast the the vegetables occasionally, um, where we will hopefully in an interesting and, and unique and engaging way engage in in local political culture. Not to the point of be uh, not to the point of being boring or divisive. Although you know we have our beliefs and and we're pretty firm in that, firm in them. Um, but just engaging in it and talking about things that might bypass you. And in fact, kind of goes back to our first point of, Hey, a lot of things in the city have changed over the years. And that might be rooted in things that happened in local politics and sort of to examine that and, and kind of how we got there. Um, again, we're mostly about, again, vibes. We want to be just kind of hanging out and having a good time, but we'll also focus on that occasionally as well. Um, we have some really interesting ideas about future episodes uh, geared towards that end too. Um, so if that's something that it, if you're somebody who spent hours a day refreshing the Illusi letter, I mean, this might not. I hope to God <laughs> you degenerates are are not regular listeners. But you know, if you decide to be, I, I hope you're advertisers. But I hope you're not regular listeners. Yes. Yes, I hope you're advertisers, and you know, big thumbs up to you. Right. But uh, this isn't for like the hardcore political wonk of Western New York crowd, who again I would like to stress are absolute degenerates. But rather somebody who, hey, I never knew about this thing. It's really interesting, and it's really germane to my life here in Buffalo. Well, there's the hardcore political, and then there's the wonks, and there's very few hardcore wonks because I mean. Realistically, at the end of the day, and I'm going to get too deep into this, but I mean, the county ledge can't really do much, and the common council doesn't. So, I mean, there's not a lot of wonkishness to get into. And, and we, can, we can explore all that more um, in later episodes. Right. Hey, guys, should we, uh, should we get into the week's current events? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about current events, too, and, and we'll talk it, about... This week's current events, the, Ryan. Ryan, what's on your mind? Well, this the big week? the big one is the uh, the whole COVID outbreak in Tennessee and the pushing of the 
the Bills game, right? That's that's kind of the big one around here. Well, there, I mean, there's a couple of COVID outbreaks that are big news nationally. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, there's the ACB super spreader event, which, depending on how much you pay attention to the news, may or may not be big news in your life. Uh, it looks like we might not have a second presidential debate. We may have a couple of rallies go on instead, or a rally at a town hall. I, I wanted to ease into that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're a local person, and whether you care about football or not, because if you care about football, then your Sundays are busy watching football, and if you don't care about football, your Sundays are busy enjoying the great nature and, and natural resources that we have in Buffalo, totally uh, not invaded um, by all the Cretans who are watching football. I mean, Wegmans is also completely empty right? Yeah, on a Wegmans. Bill Sunday. Uh, so in that case, you know, uh, the Bills Sunday is actually Bills Tuesday this week. So far, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, there's potentially uh, there's room for uh, a forfeit to, to still happen. And, and Jim, I know your tradition is to wake up at six a.m. every Sunday and start tailgating. So I expect you to do that this Tuesday, right? So. Yeah, and and I mean, I do it not just for Bills games, but also for Lancaster High School football. We get there at six a.m. on a Friday. Um, the kids have school, but uh, I'm drinking, so I'm in the north parking lot. And and you go out of your way to wear your old Lancaster football attire. Oh yeah, yeah. I still have my jerseys, and uh, you know I'm still I'm still in the parking lot going. Let's do breakdowns, guys. Let's do breakdowns. So the the Bills. Um, no, look, it's it's something where okay, if you're just looking at it. <laughs> and and again, we're not going to be solely just a sports podcast here, but this is the Bills are always big business. No, there's there are local broad podcasts that are solely sports based that are better than what we're going to do. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, the Bills are central in a lot of ways to life in Western New York. So if you're just a sports person and you're saying, okay, bright side of this, if the Bills somehow get canceled because every fucking player on the Tennessee Titans has COVID and they were secretly practicing um, when they were explicitly told not to. Speaking of showing up at high schools. <laughs> yes. Speaking of showing up at high schools. If you're looking at it just from a Bills fan perspective, you might be thinking, oh, well, they cancel that game, the Bills get a bye, and then they get to play the Chiefs on some rest. Um, but it's very, very narrow-sighted that – we could actually be looking at, unfortunately, this Bills incredible start to the season. Who knows where this is going to go with the NFL? Uh, we could very possibly see at some point, like an NFL season, being cut short or even canceled, uh, based on the the COVID restrictions not being followed and just simply the the amount of people um, who they're trying they're trying to wrangle so many people with these COVID restrictions, like a 53 man NFL roster, all the assistant coaches. And I think that would be <laughs> and, and not just the assistant coaches, but you have like all the water boys, all, all the, the, the officiating crew, the chain gang, the, the, the TV crew, the, uh, the camera guys, the, the guys who hold the, the audio shells. I mean, the amount of people that the football players interact with on a weekly basis 
It's it's not like baseball, which baseball didn't have a bubble, but baseball basically has nobody that they interact with. If they stay in the hotel and they go on the field, they only interact with other baseball players. All the cameras are there's nothing on the field for them to interact with. There's no water boys. It's it's the coaches and the team. Hockey and basketball did bubbles, and they did them pretty successfully. Football is a different animal. It's a different beast um, with just the amount of people that you have to trace and you have to make sure are following procedures on a regular basis. And you would think that like, if you're, you know, the, the water boy for the Las Vegas Raiders, that you're going to follow it because you don't want to lose that check. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know... My friend had a party. Yeah, no, I mean, again, we're not a sports podcast, but it bears repeating that the Bills have such a huge presence in the psyche of people here in Buffalo that you see all of the signs, the paraphernalia, you see, you feel really in this just absolutely weird sort of dreamlike time that we live in that <laughs> it's it's funny that the Bills being good very much feeds into that in a lot of ways. I I I I would bet an undisclosed amount of money that when the Bills win, there are fewer domestic violence calls and fewer child abuse calls. I, I, and you're not pulling that out of thin air either. Like there's like data backing that up that in general that's what happens like across the board with football games but i believe it locally here too um so there's something in the air and again as surreal as everything seems what what a terrible blow it would be for us to get a little bit of that football only to have it cruelly taken away in large part because a the nature of football makes it that it's almost impossible really i think to you know, create like a, a safe environment like the NBA has, um, a bubble type environment, um, but also too that you know we're seeing cases where NFL players and the owners who most likely don't believe it's real to begin with or think it's just the flu are not taking these things seriously. Right. So it would really suck if we had this crazy four zero start for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, just to be robbed from us and you know even it might be even worse honestly like i wasn't really in touch with sports in 1994 i was six years old but i have to imagine it'd be something similar to what a lot of uh, montreal expos fans. i was just going to bring up the expos in 94 um and that's exactly the analogy i was going for is that like you know if this if the the rug gets pulled out from underneath us and it's it's a whole bunch of could have been should have been would have been you know, I bet you type of thing. You know, the 94 Expos were the best team in baseball by most metrics. And, you know, season gets canceled. They end up moving shortly thereafter. And who knows what would have been had that season continued. And, you know, who knows what they would, what the season would be like in Buffalo if the NFL season is able to continue. I, I don't think the Bills are in danger of moving. Um, right now, the Bills seem to be Pagula's main source of income. So uh, I don't think the Bills are going anywhere. 
if they, if they're going anywhere, it's from Orchard Park to downtown Buffalo. Sure. So, in sum, thumbs down to COVID. That's the square cast official position. Two thumbs down. Right, Two. yeah. Mostly directed at Stefan Gilmore. Oh, definitely definitely big. I mean, I like Stefan Gilmore, but... Yeah, I mean, down. I think he's a great player. I, I think I, I was I was upset when the Bills let him leave. Um, but at the same time, two thumbs down. Because if you give it to Patrick Mahomes, man, what am I going to do for my Allstate commercials? It's I great. can't watch Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Does he still do the belt? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. man. That's that's classic. insufferable. Classic. It's classic, but it's insufferable. Um, okay, I've got, a, I've got a local topic. What do we got? Friends. So how about... If, if you're a, a local Buffalo person here, or if you're not, even if you are a local Buffalo person, you might not be um, aware of the the brouhaha at MT Pockets oh. on Hurdle Avenue. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So just to recap for those who might not be in the know, um, basically there was a string of... Well, I don't want to. I don't want to use the phrase "a string." That makes it sound criminal. There was there was extended protests, uh, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, excuse me, protests within the city of Buffalo and the surrounding area, um, much like the rest of the country saw, uh, very much for the summer and and even even to this day. Um, and God bless the people who are out there and, and still fighting for the cause and, and doing that and making their voices heard, um, doing some very important work. And recently, we had a. An incident on Hurdle Avenue outside of MT Pockets Bar where we had uh, a gentleman from Franklinville, right? Uh, Franklinville, best known as part of Farmersville. That's that's the best part of Franklinville. But we had a gentleman from Franklinville who was at MT Pockets who was menacing uh, protesters who were lawfully out on the streets, peacefully protesting. Um you know, saying like very derogatory language. I believe at one point, um, I know he was charged or menacing was the thing that they they had mentioned. Was he charged with a hate crime? He was actually charged with a hate crime. Um, so the fallout of that is that empty pockets, which, you know, it, as a bar, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, worst bars. Spoiler alert: empty pockets would certainly fall on that list anyway. But Empty Pockets was probably a bar that maybe should have closed, let's be real, 20 years ago anyway. 30. Sure. But is now temporarily closed in the fallout of this incident. And to, to move us to today, uh, to recent news, the, the, the gentleman who was charged with that hate crime has now been a no-show um, in court. Are, are you familiar with the story, Jim? I am not familiar with the story. I, I mean... I'm familiar with the idea of being a no-show in court, but that's just for child support. Sure. <laughs> Not just in Buffalo or Erie County. Right. Um, no, here's... Okay, so just to give you guys a heads-up here what we're dealing with. So he was the, the guy... Um, I, I guess it's public knowledge because in, in, in WGRZ.com, Michael Creeman uh, was scheduled to appear at 9.30 a.m. in Buffalo City Court... Uh, he didn't show, so Judge Barbara Johnson Lee issued a new date for him to appear. Then Erie County DA John Flynn says the court received a concerning email from someone believed to be uh, Creeman. He read a portion of that email, which was dated October 6th. Quote, 
I will not be compelled by any means to violate my conscience. Uh, misspelled there. Therefore, I will not wear a mask to any court proceeding or attend any court proceeding in which any person involved is wearing a face mask. If you do issue a warrant for my arrest, it is unlawful, and please understand that anyone that approaches my person, wife, or property, especially armed, wearing a badge and or face mask, I consider to be a very dangerous threat to my life, and my Lord will severely punish those in violation of his order of protection over my life. End quote. Wow. That's, that's just batshit crazy. Uh, what do you even do with that? Like, again, this man was threatening protesters, not, you know, somebody who's not even a resident of the city. Um, of the county. Of the, of the county. Of the, barely a, a resident of the combined statistical area, I, I, if he is at all. I mean, Canargus County is so far away. I mean, that, that's probably the Jamestown statistical area. Yeah. It's it's just so absurd um, to think, like... I, I mean, even reading that, I, I feel like my mind just went to a weird, crazy place. Like, it... I, 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 I got to, like, wife or property. I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? What What is this... What in God's name are we talking about? Like, I didn't even feel like myself. And I can only imagine being like the the da getting that email you know just opening up outlook and okay whatever you know there's a fundraiser or something virtually nowadays and then just seeing like oh it's from the hate crime guy from empty pockets and anybody armed with a mask or a badge the lord will take my lord will take in violation the order of protection that my lord has for me is uh you know i mean I grew up Catholic. I went to a Catholic university. And at no point do I remember how to file for an order of protection by the Lord against uh, another human being. Um, I must have slept through that Sunday school class. Um, but I wish I had it because, man, there are some people I would love to have a divine order of protection against. For sure. So we'll we'll keep an eye out on this story just because it's so insane. And... Especially to, like, I think people in Western New York, Buffalo, you know, whatever you want to call our area, by and large, um, have been pretty good about masks and social distancing. I could be naive. I know that we have, um, within New York, higher COVID rates. Is that right? Uh, the COVID rates have been going up. But, I mean, like, even, like, you know, uh, you guys have been with me in Allegheny County, in Cuba, New York. And, you know, you would think if, if anywhere in New York State was not going to be following the mask rules, it would be Allegheny, New York, Allegheny County in New York State. Cuba, New York, and Allegheny County, so far away from the city of Buffalo, obviously New York, you know, any of the major urban metropolitan areas, definitely hardcore, you know, Trump country. If there was any place that would go, no, masks aren't for us would be this place, and everywhere I went in Cuba, people were wearing masks, whether it was at the cheese shop or the gas station, Crosby's, or it was at the, at the supermarket. 
or the fantastic McDonald's. The fantastic in Cuba. The, somehow, the some, only McDonald's I'll ever go to. Somehow, the nicest McDonald's on earth is in so Cuba, pleasant. New York. Um, and, and, but you know, the liquor store, the, the whatever, the the random stores, the random businesses in Cuba, everybody is wearing a mask in Cuba, New York, and yet. We've got this jamoke from Franklinville coming up to empty pockets, menacing people, committing hate crimes, allegedly, uh, and now refusing to show up in court because of masks and uh, divine protections. You know, it's... I don't want to say that this guy is the worst person in Western New York, because there's lots of people on that list. Mm. But he's in the running. And that, that brings me around to our, our topic for this week. Our, our topic for this week being the worst things in West New York, worst things in Buffalo. And yeah, this came about because uh, uh, Buffalo Spree, our friends at Buffalo Spree, friends of the pod, uh, recently came out with their Best of Buffalo issue. And I was thinking, since the Buffalo Beast went out of publication out of print really hasn't been anybody out there telling people what the worst things in Buffalo is what the are worst things in Buffalo are and uh, who better than us who more seasoned than us to go out there and say you know this is the worst thing in Buffalo and uh, and we might as well start with worst bar and I think that Empty Pockets is high on the list for Worst Bar. It's up there. I, and I'd like to stress that it probably would have cracked that list even before any recent events. But, you know, in light of everything, it's... Do we have a runner-up? Do we have a close second? Ooh. Close second. I don't... I don't close seconds. No. Close no. Second. No, no, no close second. But I would give, in second place, a tie for Bada Bing and all the rest of the bars on Chippewa Street. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, the thing about the Chippewa bars, though, and and yes, I agree with you for the most part, but I'd like to say this. You know what you're getting. And when I say that, I mean, you're looking for, like... You might. I might. But you're looking for, like, the night on the town in, in like, a kind of trashy but not in a fun way that we would find fun, but, like, in a way where you you get kind of dressed up and you wear, like, I don't know, like, your collared shirt and, you know, you gel your hair in a really awful way. And, and you go to Soho Burger Bar. Right. But you know what you're getting when you right. go to those places. But to me, I I actually feel like my worst, the worst districts would be like the hurdle bars. And the reason being is they want to be Allen so bad. Like, and by the way, this podcast will have a decidedly Allentown uh, <laughs> bias to it. I, I, I think I can speak for all of us here. Yeah. Um, they want to be Allen, but like without any of like the cool and actual trashiness of Allen. So you just get like what feels like a, a recreation of it, but with a bunch of like, I don't know, like bro dudes. 
So basically, it's like going to the pink on like the worst night you can imagine. Right. Is how I feel about Hurdle. All right, so I I'd be willing to say that the second worst. I mean, look, Empty Pockets is on Hur- Hurdle. By the way, friend of the pod, the pink. Absolutely. Oh yes. Uh, maybe the second worst bar in Buffalo is Gables. Now we're talking. I mean, now I mean, if you haven't been to Gables, don't go. It's basically my endorsement of Gables. Uh, if you've if you've never been there, don't bother. If you have been there, you're probably nodding along with me right now, going, you know, second worst bar in Buffalo. I'd like to stress too that if you have been at Gables, you probably have a, had a lot of fun. Like, there's no denying that because just because somewhere is objectively terrible doesn't mean like you couldn't have had a good time there. In fact, you probably had. A lot of good times. If if you're like the host of this podcast, you might have had some very good times at Gables. But folks, we have to be objective, and you know we, we want to give you basically give it to you straight. So objectively, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Gables while also saying I've had a lot of fun at Gables. So yeah, I mean I had a lot of fun at Chippewa before in my, in my life, and I wouldn't be surprised if I have fun at Chippewa again sometime in my life. And I'll still say that Bing is terrible. Oh yeah. And and I'll still I'll still stand by Gables is terrible. Even if I know once if if quarantine ever ends, I would I would go. You know I'd go anywhere. I'd go to any of these worst bars or any of these things we're about to say are the worst. I, I would go there just to go anywhere. But I would gladly tell the owners to their faces, "You are the second worst bar in Buffalo." Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I hope we mail certificates to the worst places. Uh, I hope. We, oh, we will. And uh, and I hope they hang them up. I hope I hope they. They understand that when we say you're you're the worst, you're not necessarily objectively actually the worst. Um, I, I mean, the, you are, but you you are, but you're the, also the most despicable. <laughs> it, it's a badge of honor, right? Wear it with pride. So, uh, if if empty pockets is the worst bar. And that's that one's not a badge of honor, by the way. I'd like to be clear. <laughs> Gables gets the badge of the the notorious badge of honor. Empty pockets, no thanks. Right, right, yeah. I mean, their certificates just printed on a Confederate flag. Uh, stars and bars are here for you guys. Uh, let's move on to uh, Re. What do you think is the worst restaurant in the city of Buffalo? So. We were talking about this before the show, and this wasn't my idea initially, but I, I think it's a great answer, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo it here. Um, it's got to be chefs. It has to be. It's got to be chefs. And the reason why, for me... So, so you're not the guy who won free chefs every day for a year? No, I did. Oh. See, so I want everybody listening to understand where I'm coming from. I won free chefs every day for a year... I ate so much of it that eventually I, I you know, I couldn't stand it anymore. Um, no, look, the deal with chefs is like they, if they were just a small restaurant that nobody knew about, they would be nowhere near my designation as like the worst restaurant. In fact, like they might get some praise for doing what they do. They kind of outkick their coverage, as it were, like. You know, they're fine for the most part. My issue with chefs and putting it as the worst is it's got this reputation as like the Italian restaurant in Buffalo. Um, like it's supposed to be the pinnacle of what is a very hearty Italian 
food culture here in Buffalo, really. Right. I mean, when when the best Italian restaurant in Buffalo is really Lombardo. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Lombardo is fantastic. But the problem with chefs is, like, it's got this built-up reputation as being, like, hey, you're going to bring somebody from out of town. Uh, you want to take them to an Italian restaurant? You go to chefs. Or if you're, you know, you want to get good Italian food in, in the city, you go to chefs. And you're just let down by this, like, it's trash, greasy pasta. It's it's watery. The, the sauce is watery. The pasta is watery. Either, either they're watering down the sauce, and the sauce clearly comes from a can. They're not making homemade sauce. And they're not making homemade pasta either, which really kills me. If you're going to be known as an Italian restaurant... You're not going to make your own pasta. That that just drives me nuts. It's clearly from a box. Um, but either they're watering down the sauce as a as a cost cutting measure to increase money, or they're not draining their pasta properly, or maybe a little bit of both. But whatever it is, is the the last three times I've been there, and that, which is an indictment on me that I can say that three times in a row I was there. Uh, although, to be total disclaimer, I didn't pay for any of it. <laughs> Uh, let's face it. We go for the portions. Oh, it's all about they the win portion. on the por. Okay, <laughs> hey, all right. They win on portion size. So that got to hand it to them there. Them and Frank's Sunny Italy are all about the portion size and not about the quality control. I mean, look. That being said, you know what's what's the old joke? Like the food was terrible and and the portions. Um, chefs will not give you that second part. You will not be able to complain about the amount of food that you get going to chefs. So shout out to them for that. But the, yes, the actual food itself, I do not care for. I am very sensitive in, you know, coronavirus time to like talk badly about a restaurant, um, for fear of like, you know, whatever reach we might have. That makes one of us (laughs) for whatever fear of whatever reach we might have, um, impacting business. But I don't think anybody who would ever listen to this show would, a, disagree with us, and B, go out of the way to eat at Chef's. So I don't think that matters too much. But, yeah, don't really care for it. Not my thing. And, yeah, also, like, you know, and it's it's not my thing, but they have a very sweet sauce. And if you're not a sweet sauce person, it's not going to be your thing anyways. And, I mean, their sauce is, it's like apple crisp. It's so sweet. It's very, very sweet sauce, folks. So what's the next topic we want to talk about in our, our worst of Buffalo? Uh, let's see what do I have here. Uh, uh, Ryan's gonna. Ryan's yeah. got the list. Ryan's got the official, uh, the square list. All right, the the worst festival. Oh, Ooh. worst festival. Re. This might get us on some lists. We got to be careful. Well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, it, it's it's between a couple for me. Um. But I ha- I think I have to go with Taste of Buffalo as the is wor- the worst festival. It's it's always like the second week of summer, or the first week of we're, uh, July, like the first weekend of July or second weekend of July. It's just after the fourth, so it's miserably hot and humid. It used to be on Main Street where there was no shade, and they were like, let's move it to Delaware where there's even less shade, and then. Everything's been in a chafing dish for 14 hours, and you're going to pay $15 for two clams out of Clams Casino. But other than that, it's great. Yeah, and and the thing is, too, like, it's... What makes it so bad is that it's 
really poor at its stated aim of like getting you to try all the different good foods in Buffalo. Like Buffalo has so many incredible restaurants and like different food types around. And you go to taste a Buffalo and you just, you know, you have your X amount of tickets, right? You get like two tickets that buys you like a salt potato or something. Um, so you're, you're really not getting much as a bang for your buck. Um, the food offerings that a lot of the restaurants put put out, especially like in that just butt crack like of summer, just that gross, humid August time. Um, by the way, I would have killed to have that again this year. Sure. Uh, we're talking about just like put it in perspective. just to put it in perspective that I would go to like any of these things, mm-hmm. but uh, right now even, but. Um, but that taste of Buffalo, it just, you don't really get a sense of like, Hey, here's all the great food places. It's more like, Hey, we're going to throw a thousand of these food places. You're going to get very few tickets. Your money's not going to go very far. You might try a couple things and then you leave cause it's too hot. Right. And, and they're going to make things that keep in the hot and they're going to, whether it's, it's going to be like a beer cheese soup. Because there's nothing that's more quenching, and yeah. and that you, I can't wait to get dig my teeth into more mm, on mm. a 95 degree, 80 percent humidity day in July in Buffalo than some beer cheese soup, or you know something that it's fried and it's sitting in a chafing dish, or I mean you're not going to get any of the fresh stuff you might get at Sun or any of the great. Burmese yeah, and no a- sushi. Asian, yeah, taste of buffalo. Yeah, no, yeah, no sushi. Um, you're not even getting like the famous chicken wings or the famous beef on weck there, because they just don't hold up. Because chicken wings lose their crispness when they sit in a chafing dish for too long, so you're not going to get those. Now we got uh, a couple runner-up ideas yeah, for some, worst festival. Some honorable mentions. Oh, for sure. I mean, my runner-up. Um, is unequivocally and uh, to me like i know it's supposed to be bad in a way but it shouldn't be as bad as it is and that's the erie county uh erie county fair Mm -hmm. and i know that's a bit of low-hanging fruit in a way um and god love them people go every year in droves yeah so clearly it's popular um pig races man yeah like people friggin love going to the fair um and yet like it's just every time i've went it's been consistently awful um you know you could easily point to like the smaller like what tonawanda does like canal fest which is also terrible well i I would also put the uh, chautauqua county fair sure i mean uh, canal fest is canal fest is terrible but in a very entertaining way oh canal canal fest is home to uh, a game that I saw. This was in North Tonawanda. I want to make sure I, I separate because I don't want anybody in the city of Tonawanda to think that they will kill us. <laughs> that that I uh, was being unfair to their city. Um, but there was a game where uh, they had a, a, a large wheel, like you would see on like Wheel of Fortune, with different things on it, and there was holes in it, and they spun it around as fast as they could, and they took off the cover in the middle, and there was a mouse. And whatever hole the mouse went in was who won on the outside of the game. And they had to have multiple mice because obviously the mice are getting dizzy and they, they, they can't just make it always over and over again. And that's something that happens at Canal Fest every single year. And if you want to go 
email me and I'll take you there because it's the best thing you have to, uh, you'll, you'll ever see. It, it's 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 not that far from the uh, Niagara County Republicans uh, clam chowder tent, um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go there. But my my honorable mention, uh, I've I've got I've got two honorable mentions. Uh, one is Allentown Art Festival. Yeah, and with Allentown Art Festival, I have, I got a lot of issues going back to when music is art was at the same time as the Allentown Art Festival and was on Allen because Robbie Takak from the Goo Goo Dolls had his recording studio, Chameleon West, there, and he was doing music as art. And the Allentown Arts Association was like, you can't do that. <laughs> You're ruining the fine arts that the Allentown Art Association is doing by having music. And I would like to know when... You have signs like somebody farted or which way to Margaritaville. What part of fine arts is that? Because those are most of the things that are selling at the Allentown Art Festival. Or you get like those, um, like those metal lawn ornaments, right? right? Like, like, like weirdly distorted, like giraffe or something made out of like, you know, I don't know, old fences or something. Right. And or, or, or I saw a couple years ago somebody who had painted. The 1994 Jim Kelly diving over the goal line against the Miami Dolphins on velvet, and that was for sale at the Allentown Art Festival. I, I'm really fond of the the bottle cap magnets. The bottle cap magnets, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the melted bottles that are turned into spoon rests, yeah. Uh, obviously, that's all fine art. Um, I, I mean, look, there's there's obviously like some great artists who go there, but yeah, there's a lot of garbage, and yeah, to your point, like it doesn't. <laughs> As time has passed, like it, it feels very much like decidedly not like a great art um, festival, and more just kind of like a chintzy sort of sideshow these days. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, and and I think having live music would have added to it as opposed to taking away. Uh, my other honorable mention, um, and it's kind of like a, a historical honorable mention because it's different now that it moved. Is Italian festival, um, mostly because of Italian American Idol, which is just like fifty different fourteen-year-olds singing "Take Me to the Moon." Uh, but <laughs> also when it was on hurdle, it was ground zero for no, no at- disrespect to Frank Sinatra, by the way. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, just friend of the pod, Frank, Frank of the pod, Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes. Uh, it was ground zero for every pregnant 15-year-old to be walking around with fried dough. And that's okay. And that's okay to be... <laughs> you would have thought they would be at the county fair. 15 pregnant and with fried dough. <laughs> yes, uh, sure. No, yeah. yeah. Not to shame anybody not, or judge uh, them. Uh, no, but that's where you were. Right, you were, You happen to be, uh, you know, between like... I don't... I don't uh, Sterling and Parkside on Hurdle. Yeah, I I never actually have made it over to Italian Fest on Hurdle. Um, so I I have limited. I, I the only time I would see it, I would actually drive past it. It looked like it wasn't something for me, and I just kind of went on my way. So I'll take your word for it on this one. Um, my my favorite time at Italian Festival that I ever had was uh, uh, my then roommate was out of town, and she had left a Pomeranian with me to watch. And I went to Italian Festival with a Pomeranian, 
and he must have eaten like 15 pounds of fried dough that people had just thrown on the ground. I mean, every like every step, there was another piece of fried dough that somebody had thrown on the ground, and he would just scarf it up before I got a chance to pull on his leash. So for Pomeranians, best festival. <laughs> for Pomeranians, number one fest. festival, yeah. Italian fest when it was on Hurdle. We want to make sure all voices are heard here, and Pomeranians have a prominent one yeah, on this podcast. Uh, I know I'll hear it when I get home tonight from the Pomeranians. <laughs> what what else we got, Ryan? Uh, 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 worst politician. We mean we mean local politician. Lo- we don't mean local politician. We don't we don't mean Mitch McConnell. We mean local politician. Okay, so I'll, I'll give. I'll tell you what. I'll give a worst. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. You, you can surely say, but I'll give. I'll give the worst from the perspective of like in like our current time and like maybe the ads you see on TV or whatever. And it's uh, what is it? Is it is it Tom Reed who runs those ads? Okay, yeah, like Tom Reed who runs those really scary like Diane. What's what's her name that he's running against? Oh, I can't remember her name. All right, well. Good job, Tom, because nobody remembers her name. I just remember the scary graphics you put up about her, like, oh, well, she wants to make crime legal. And it's so the ad, if you haven't seen it, is like at the very beginning, it's like Tom Reed and his family, and it's like a smiling face and, you know, sunshine in the background. And then it goes this quick cut of like this Diane woman that he's running against, who I'm assuming is a Democrat. I don't even know. He doesn't even specify that whether he's a Democrat or Republican, although based on the content of this ad, I can make my assumptions. But basically it goes to this like really scary sort of strobe light and she looks all weirdly kind of pale and dark, but like, oh, Diane wants to make crime legal and she wants, you know, she wants crime on the streets. And I just like that. I don't know, man. Like, it's just so... It's so cornball. It's so, like, hack. It's like, oh, okay. You're going to be the law and order guy. You're the Republican. Yeah, we get it, dude. Um, and to put your shiny, happy family on there. So, yeah. Worst. See, and, and I'll go... My worst, I'm going to go... In a, I'm going to keep it closer to home here in Erie County. And I'm going to go with county controller Stephen Mahilo. I follow multiple politicians, local politicians, on social media. And uh, he does a press release pretty much every single day. One of my favorite things about his press releases is that he takes pictures of them and puts them on Instagram. So in case you want to read his his daily press release, um, he doesn't link the text in a tweet. He doesn't uh, link the text in Facebook. He takes pictures of it and he puts it on social media. So you can read the fine print however you want to. Um, But, I mean, he's just... He's such a self-serving piece of shit that who can't help himself but try to overreach his office at every single step of the way. I mean, there's enough stuff for the comptroller to do that he doesn't have to try to overreach all the time. You know, like he his press release today was about a shortage of the bed tax revenue for hotels. Good. That's a that's a good comptroller release but his one like the day before was about like covid and trying to hold the director of the health department accountable and that's not your job man like that's that's not even close to what your job is and he i mean 
there's a reason why he got absolutely smoked in the Republican congressional primary, and that's because people hate him. Uh, I I currently live out in that district. I I live out in Lancaster right now, um, and uh, I know that my mother's uh, a registered Republican, and they came for petitions to sign petitions. If 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 you're familiar with the petition process and all in politics. And I'm getting a little wonkish here, but if you're familiar with petition process at all, it's just to get on the ballot. It's not to say you support somebody. And my mother was willing to sign everybody's petitions except for stuff in my high loop because she hates him. And my mom hates no one. Friend of the pod, Jim's mom. Friend of the pod, Jim's mom. Big Patreon f- supporter. Oh, yeah. Day one, A1. Um, but So my worst politician is, is, is stuff in my high loop. Um, but... I do want to give an honorable mention. Don't sleep on Nate McMurray. Uh, he's just so bad at Twitter. Is is he? Wait, wait, wait. Is he bad at Twitter, or is he good at Twitter and bad at politics? Yeah, yeah. Because I would say his Twitter his Twitter feed is like great content. Like it is, man. I would love to just. Nate, if you ever listen to this, I would love to have you on this show, dude. I would love to talk to you. You are a fascinating individual. Always I, welcome. I think you are not good at politics, and I would gladly tell you that. But also, like, I think you're fascinating. Your Twitter feed is hilarious. So, yes, awesome at Twitter, bad at politics, Nate McMurray. I guess I'm saying bad at political politics and or political Twitter as far as, like, he's trying to use Twitter – to be some sort of means to turn the election and there's just not enough people on Twitter, man. But what do we say at the start of the show, Jim? If if you're gonna be like bad, be real interesting about it. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's so, true. So Nate 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 is interesting. He's like the Josh Allen like three fumble game. I, I read all of his tweets. I, I I never skip over one. I read them. Well, he's he's doing something right. He's he's doing Twitter right, dude. What's our next worst of? We've got um, worst place to take someone from out of town. Ooh. Okay. All right. So Jim's got an answer. I've got an answer. My answer is going to be similar to what Jim and I talked about before, but I'm going to go on a different direction on this. Um, Buffalo is known. You might have heard, folks, for its chicken wings, believe it or not. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, okay, if you're visiting Buffalo, you know, you got to see Niagara Falls and you got to have wings. Okay, fine. But if you're taking somebody for wings, like, I know when President Obama came to town, he went to this place, but, like, I'm sorry, like, I don't really care for duffs that much i don't think it's great like i i don't think it's like a huge landmark i don't think the wings are that much better than any other place in buffalo all right here's here's my gripe with with duffs you go in there and they're like oh the medium is actually hot the medium hot is actually really hot why can't it just be a standard scale of hotness right i i I agree with that with duffs is that I, i like duffs wings a lot uh i frequently go to the depew duffs where president obama went uh, I like their wings. I think they're pretty good. But I do disagree with, like, you're like, 
Uh, I like medium, and they're like, well, you know, our medium's kind of actually hot. Uh, does that make you special or something? Well, oh, but I'm talking about places like okay, their wings are their, their wings are fine. Like, sure. I, I don't think they're much better than a lot of other places to get wings. Right. Um, but I'm saying like as a place to take somebody from out of town, like President Obama had to go there because that was like the wing place, and it's like, dude, like I'm sorry, like you're the president of the United States, like. I, I get it. Like you could have literally like any five star chef whip up anything, and maybe it's just the idea of a wing place as being a destination. But that wouldn't be the wing place I take somebody to. Um, as a you gotta see this place. Like I just don't think that's like a hallmark. So for me, Duff's is just like a another wing place. They're pretty good at times. They have some good sauces, but it's nothing special to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and on that kind of idea. My place, the the worst place to take somebody from out of town is Anchor Bar. Uh, and I don't mean, like, the Anchor Bar out on, like, Transit Road or, or something like that. I mean the original Anchor Bar on Main Street in the city of Buffalo at Main and North. It, it's trash. The, the bar area is, like, a, a, a glorified Applebee's with all the license plates and all the nonsense hanging up. And the dining area is just pictures of, like, every single person who's ever played a mobster in a movie or television. Uh, all their headshots hanging up all across the bar, uh, restaurant. I, 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 I can't believe, like, I, the wings are good. I, I, I'm like, the wings are fine. The wings are good. Um, but it's one of those places that don't, don't take somebody there. Take them to Elmo's. Take them to Gabriel's Gate. Take them to... Take him to Barbill, but take him to the one in Clarence. Don't go to East Aurora. Nine Eleven Taverns. Nine Eleven. Go, go to Nine Eleven Tavern if take you can ever nine, find one. It's open. Right, right, right. Nine Eleven Tavern is, is has like it's it's like Brigadoon to find out when that place is open. <laughs> well, folks, I I think that wraps up today's. Um, do we have anything else, Ryan? We, we've got a few more. Do we? Oh, just kidding. I'm the worst of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 end this prematurely. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we've got a few. So uh, we're we're brewery. Well, I'll take this one, and and I I think this one is, is hands down. And it's a shame because they've done a lot for local brewing. They've done a lot for local music. They've done a lot for the local restaurant industry. But Pearl Street blows. I mean, there's there's, there's no two ways about it. The beer's not good. The lines are dirty. The, they, I don't think they've cleaned the lines in 15 years or longer. Um, the food's overrated. You know, I mean, Pearl Street's done. They they invested a lot in Sportsman, and Sportsman's Tavern is amazing. And you know, my hats off to the Ketries for how much they've invested in the city of Buffalo. But Pearl Street Brewery just blows. It's just not good. I'm not a huge fan of their beer. I do love their giant pretzels, though. I got shouts out to them on their giant pretzel, but a giant pretzel alone does not make a brewery, of course. Um, no, it's look, it's fine. L- the location is great. Um, I don't know if there's any kind of concessions to that. I, I honestly, I do wish the beer was better because, like, it has such potential being such like a great location, and it's. It's doing themselves a huge disservice, frankly, as you see so many other breweries in the area like thrive. Um, Pearl Street is weirdly, even though it's like so central downtown, it's kind of stuck 
right? Like all these other breweries, like Resurgence, has gotten bigger. Like, you know, Flying Bison is still chugging along. Right. Community Beer Works. Community Beer. Oh man, <laughs> that that's going to be on every best of for me. By the way, uh, Thin Man. Just you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thin Man. Right. Like. Right. Just. Uh, All these other like great breweries and like Pearl Street comes out with their own beer and yet you go to the bar and, and you you drink it and it's just like oh okay it tastes like All it right. tastes like somebody's first homebrew I think that's pretty accurate yeah it, I mean it tastes like somebody's first homebrew it, it tastes like they used a kit to make it most of the time um, from extract yeah from some sort of extract and everything's been aged in plastic jugs and it's. I mean, not that making beer is easy, but God damn it, like, do better. Yeah, and, and I'm very, again, living in the city, like, I'm very selfishly interested in them being better because I would love for Pearl Street to, like, have amazing beer, and, and I would love to be able to tell people, like, yeah, I go to Pearl Street all the time, but I don't in large part because I just don't care for their beer, and there's so many other good options here. So, sorry, dude. We got worst local radio station. Ooh. Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is like. Is it WBEN? It could always be WBEN. I, like, that's not even. We could just end it there if you want. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think they get a pass into, like, the, the worst Hall of Fame where WBEN is just automatically too like. Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's like saying, like, like, dog shit is the worst thing in your backyard. Like yeah, we like, know. Yeah, obviously, like of course, you if you have if you have a dog, then the worst thing in your backyard is dog shit, and the worst thing on Buffalo Airwaves is WBN, and that's just obvious. But if you if you move to the FM side of the dial, um, I I think, and again, this is another pre-show discussion, but I'm going to steal this answer because it's so great. Is 1077? Is it still the lake? Do they still call themselves? No, that? it's not. It's not the lake anymore. I'm not oh, sure what they're called anymore. Okay, I'm so old. I mean, I remember Alt, like Alt Buffalo. Is it Alt Buffalo? Alt, Alt Buffalo. Okay, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed I, for a few years. I enjoyed for a while too. Um, I I liked the music they played. I liked the sort of spirit and the attitude, and they were the ones that recently fired all their local personalities. Is that right? Yeah. Back me up here, guys. That's yeah. Right. Okay, and. So it's just like what great gen- local personalities. So it's just like generic, like indie alt rock station now. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I, I, I think they have DJs out of New York. They, have, you know, it's it's not local at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look back, and and that's that's another big thing that I think that you could argue that we've sort of lost um, in the modern age. And, and moving more so in like a a downward trend, shall we say, in radio in general throughout the country, throughout the world, whatever. But Buffalo in particular used to have like such an awesome radio scene, such like interesting and vibrant like radio stations and personalities here. And, you know, 107.7 for a long time was just like, a, okay, I'm going to put this station on and I'm always going to be guaranteed at least like interesting music. And it's going to be presented by local people who are in touch. Like you, you frequently hear like the tragically hip on there, or you'd hear like things that made you feel like, oh, okay, they understand the people that are listening to the station 
what they might like. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, I think of, I think of like, uh, for for me, like the honorable mention is is Jack ninety two point nine, and that's like what one oh seven sevens become. Correct. Like Jack ninety two nine is like a brand. Like I don't know if I don't know if people understand that like stations like KISS and stations like Jack are like not local radio stations so much as they are like brands. Like they might as well be like the John Tesh show. Um but just like on a constant cycle. It's like being presented canned formats. Yes. Very much canned formats. With no local flavor, just completely random. Like even your like worst Pandora station wouldn't understand. It's just like, oh, is this alternative? Okay, um, and it sucks. And I, I just hate to see a, a station like one oh seven seven was become that. So yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, and and I ha- I'm just gonna say that yeah, I, I agree that we're in unison here. One oh seven seven is the worst. Um. They used to be good. I used to listen to them almost exclusively. Uh, I now find myself digging around 96.9, listening to 97 Rock or 104.1 or even WXRL because they got the old school country on there. 1021, by the way, right? 1021, yeah. Um, although 1021 is, or no, 1025 is the obnoxious one that as soon as, uh, as soon as, Thanks or uh, Thanksgiving hits, it turns into Christmas music. I, I, I think it's November first now. Is it November? It's, yeah. it's 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 obnoxious. But uh, WXRL is a good listen uh, if you're looking for something different. They play a lot of old school country, you know, Merle Haggard and and, and that type of stuff. The stuff from the the seventies, sixties, seventies, early eighties, um, maybe some early nineties stuff. Um, but you know, not not your Nashville pop country, but you're more hardcore Nashville country, you know, swinging type of stuff. What's what's next, Ryan? On our worst uh, of Buffalo, uh, we've got worst local ad or commercial. Oh well, that that's easy for me. Um, as much as his mother is near and dear to me with because of my uh, past job that I had, uh, Bill Matar and his commercial about how boring he is is just brutal it's it's it really is it's it's it doesn't make me want to dial four until my arms bleed it, it doesn't make me want to call him if i was hurt in a car uh it makes me just think of just how mundane and feckless i always thought he was yeah, it's a sh- it's a real shame that like somebody let him in on the joke that he's like tedious and boring. Cuz like I think there's something to be said for like not ever acknowledging something like that if that's who you are. Like all right, was he ever going to be really interesting? No. But I think we would have all just went on with our lives if it was like all right, William Matar the lawyer who's whatever. Like right, it, it would have been better if he if he jumped the opposite way and dressed up like Cam Newton does for every one of his post game interviews. No disagreement here. I mean that would that would be amazing if 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 Bill Matar came out in like a powder blue suit with Ra- raise the bar, Bill, Bill Matar. Right, Bill Matar. Like you can you can do better. For, you, you've got all that four 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 money. Uh, you've got you've got plenty of cash. Get some custom made suits. And show uh, start 
giving Cam Newton a run for his money. All right, all right. what about these um, airport jewelers commercials? But those are, have been are those bad, bad or ironically good. Okay, look, those have been bad for so long. Yeah. In a time before like people were even embracing ironically bad in like the pop culture yeah. necessarily that like they just get like a Hall of Fame pass for whatever they are. They just do. Like shout out to those guys. Uh, they've been so weird and shout out. strange for so friend of the pod, Airport Plaza Jewelers. Uh, they've just been so weird and been have go have been going at it for so long. Yeah, I mean, they're they're old commercials with with some one of them somebody holding up an arm and a leg from a mannequin. No, we won't charge you an arm and a leg. Uh, right. Just uh, just realistically, they're they're hometown heroes. And, talking proud. And what about uh, discount uh, extreme discount mattress? Extreme discount mattress. Uh. We sell mattresses for less, a lot less, uh, a lot less, a lot, a lot less. We could hold on. We could maybe get that sweet, 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 extreme discount mattress uh, endorsement here. Yeah, we're, so we're looking for sponsors, but so we'll we'll tread lightly here. Yeah, I mean, but who look? Uh, I saw recently uh, last week sometime uh, on Twitter, like what was like the first adult expense that you had that you couldn't believe how much they were. And I think it was Gene Demby who was like beds and beds are expensive. And, you know, I'm glad that we have somebody like extreme discount mattress in the Buffalo area. I agree. Making beds less expensive because everybody needs a bed. You need to sleep. When I was executive director of a nonprofit, one of the hardest things for me to get was beds for families so I could set them up in a new apartment. And it was one of the most vital because, like I said, everybody needs somewhere to sleep. You don't want you want to make sure the kids are getting someplace they're like, they're resting well, they're sleeping well, the parents are sleeping well, they're resting well. And you know, if if it takes if it takes that insane son of a bitch at ex- extreme mattress warehouse to make mattress sales and bring the cost down to break up the monopoly that. You know, Sealy has, or you know, to 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 bring the cost down for the average consumer in Western New York. Well, then I'm glad that we have a psychopath. Extreme dis- discount mattress guy. Like, if you're listening, we're doing this for free. So imagine what we will say for money. I just, I just want you to like wrap yeah. your head around what we will do. You got a special place in our hearts. A special, oh, 100 special place in our hearts. All right, we've got um, worst local celebrity. Ooh, okay. This could go a lot of different ways. So, do we mean like local, like Buffalo only celebrity, or do we mean like celebrity well, from d- Buffalo d- or gently local? Right. You don't have to live. Okay. Here, Worst local celebrity. Um. All right. I mean, I guess I'll just throw it out there. Even though I love him in his own weird way. But okay, he's a national celebrity from Buffalo, Gronkowski. <laughs> like okay, like I get it. I I like him. I like. I have a weird affinity for like his meathead shtick. But also like, man, I don't know. It's it's a lot of like stereotypes you could put about Buffalo and like people 
being just fucking idiots. And even though Gronkowski himself, like, is it's more of his image for me. Like, if you actually listen to some of his interviews and stuff, like, he's, he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. But I think he has this, like, caveman sort of image built around him. And, you know, ultimately ends up being like, oh, yeah, a guy from Buffalo, meathead idiot. So I don't really care for that part. I'm going to go a little bit different way. I'm going to go with somebody who is a celebrity locally, um, known more than just locally, known at least statewide after his gubernatorial race, uh, known potentially nationally on, on some aspects. I mean, he did say on on a, live on NPR that people were voting against the Obamas because they wanted the raccoons out of the basement, which... I was driving down Elmwood. I was I was near Elmwood and North, near the, the the Nickel City Co-op House, when that happened, and my eyes just about popped out of my goddamn head when he said that they wanted the raccoons out of the basement. Um, but I'm gonna go with Carl Paladino as the worst Buffalo celebrity, um, former Buffalo school board member, former gubernatorial candidate, developer extraordinaire, as it were. South Buffalo's own, St. Bonaventure's own, Carl Palladino. You know, he, I don't remember that race in great detail, but I do remember Jimmy McMillan. The rent is too damn high. Rent is too damn high. Rent is still too damn high. Rent is still too damn high. So he wasn't wrong. Friend of the pod, Jimmy McMillan, not friend, Carl. Yeah. Uh, What do we got for worst? Local historical event could be sports, could be politics, anything. Ooh, there's a lot. There's a lot to choose from here. Right? Yeah. I mean, okay. Let's let's address the obvious one first because it's 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 one that's been tied to us for so long, even though it wasn't that long ago. But wide right, like that sucks. But like. I wish it wasn't the thing that was like hung around our necks forever. Like, okay, the Bills haven't won a Super Bowl. I, I really thought you were going to say the burning of the city in 1812. Oh, okay. That was pretty bad, too. The Canadians. <laughs> that, was, that was a bad one. Yeah. The Canadians would be happier to hang that one around our necks. Yeah. But I mean, we've, we've got multiple s- snowstorms we can reference, right? Sure. But I, to me, wide right is just like such a meme of Buffalo and like it's just so many like agonizing like metaphors that national media and sports media like use with that for us that it's just it's just tiresome like okay the dude missed a field goal that sucks the Bills had three more cracks at it they got absolutely walloped in those you know following Super Bowls so like I just hate that that's, that's the thing that we all come back to all the time. Like, oh, man, and then the Bills were just terrible forever. Like, no, the Bills came back to the Super Bowl the next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. Presumed to be like, I mean, I don't know if they were favorites to win. Probably not those Super Bowls. But the point is, like, they were still really good for an extended period of time. So I just hate that that's the focus of the Bills losing all four Super Bowls, when in reality it should be like, oh, yeah, the Bills got – friggin' destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. And was it, was it uh, who's the quarterback for the Redskins? Uh, Mark Rippin. Rippin! Jeez, we got killed by Mark Rippin. 
of all people. See, I'm going to go uh, a slightly different take. The worst historical thing that's actually ever happened to the city of Buffalo was our city leaders begging for a Bass Pro to be built here. <laughs> uh, that would be my worst thing that's ever happened. Uh, thank God it didn't happen. Canal Side is a gem. A- everything's hinging on Bass Pro. Yes. Can- Canal Side is a gem, and it's, it's amazing. And if you haven't been, you should go. And if you have been, put a mask on and go again. It's a, it's just it's tremendous. It's it's a huge asset to the Western New York region, and I can't believe that our city leaders and our regional leaders were begging for a place where somebody could fish inside. Yeah, in fact, we might even do a deep dive on that topic. No pun intended, but we might we might uh, go into that topic a little bit more on a. Um, historical retrospective episode yeah so. would love love to have you on larry quinn <sighs> we sure would next thing we've got um worst local neighborhood to raise your kid in east aurora without a doubt east aurora because <laughs> do you know how insufferable your child's going to be if you raise them in east aurora uh, uh, well here's the thing if if you're a if you're a white person and you uh, you're raising your child in east aurora they're going to be just insufferable and if you are a person of color raising your child in East Aurora, their entire upbringing is going to be miserable beyond belief because they're going to be the one person of color in a 400-person class in East Aurora. Can't argue with that one. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, East Aurora, it, it's a lovely village. Uh, they've got... They've got a sushi bar there. They got a brewery. Wall and Wines is always will hold a place in my heart. Uh, Elm Street Bakery is great. There's a lot of good things. War, going Warpath's on. pretty good. I like that place. Yeah, uh, a lot of good things going on in East Aurora. Don't raise your kids there. Don't do it. Move to West Seneca or Orchard Park. Right. Yeah. Move to Cheektowaga. Cheektowaga is the Baltimore of Buffalo, anyways. <laughs> All right. We've got the worst park or outdoor recreational area. Were ooh okay, I've I've got this one, and uh, it pains me to say it because it's it's near and dear to my heart. I, I grew up in South Buffalo, um, but Kaz Park, man, like I, 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 there's a lot of like nice parts about Kaz Park, I guess, but the problem for me is like, it's like this big green space, but it it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel very welcoming for what it's supposed to be. Like, I, look, there are objectively worse spaces, and, and I'm kind of biased here, but I think, like, what you want out of a big park in in the middle of, like, a part of the city, it just doesn't feel, like, very walkable. Like, there's no good walking trail, really. Um, they have some events there, but by and large, it's just a place for, like, kids in South Buffalo to get real drunk and, you know, fight each other. So... I thought that was Doc Sullivan's. Well, you go from Doc Sullivan's to the park, <laughs> and then you just keep you just keep the party going. Um, it just feels like a letdown. It feels like a disappointment. I don't know what it is. If it's like the design, um, it maybe it's just like the lack of true walking spaces, walking trails. But it's it's a bummer. I'm not not a big fan. I'm gonna say Front Park. Uh, if you haven't been to Front Park, I was at Front Park recently, and they have uh, 
couple of different signs up about the history of Front Park. And basically all the signs say TLDR um uh, sorry but this used to be better. Um oh, oh my god, it used to be so much better. Right. Uh, it, it, it was at once the place to go. Right. I mean yeah, well, 100 it, years ago. The, the the front meant that it, it fronted the Niagara River. And now the 190s in the way. And that whole part of the park got cut off by the 190. So instead of going and looking at Fort Erie and looking across the river and, and all the great scenes that would be there and having this amazing lawn that would be there for people to congregate on, now it's just like the entry to duty-free is basically what Front Park is. So I, I, I will say that Front Park is the worst park in the area. Um, and... I'm... Not willing to budge. Next thing I have, worst a local business. Could be a chain, standalone business, worst a local business. I'm just tying it back to empty pockets and moving on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, we've covered all the reasons why empty pockets is terrible. Uh, and it's definitely the local business that is the worst. Uh, Franklinville notwithstanding. All right, and the, uh, and the very last thing I have is uh, worst local sports team. Uh, I want to add one before we get to the worst local sports team. Okay. And that's uh, worst news personality. Let's hear it. It's got to be Mike Harrington, right? Like, it's got to be Mike Harrington. The Buffalo snooze his own. Buffalo News' own Mike Harrington. Uh, he gets in Twitter fights and loses. You can't lose. Look, if you're going to get into a Twitter fight, you got to win. Like, the, <laughs> credit to, uh, I don't think he's with the Buffalo News anymore, but um, Tim Graham. Notorious for Twitter fights, but also usually usually comes out pretty clean. Yeah, t- Tim Graham, pretty good at the Twitter fights. Mike Harrington. To, and usually ends up blocking the person because he's losing the fight so badly. Yeah, no, he's he's not great. Um, he he also God annoying. He also one time accused the Blue Jays of playing uh, Suzuki, the shortstop. I can't remember what his first name was, but only playing him because they had a large Asian population, and that was why they were playing him in in, in Toronto as opposed to any of the guys on the on the Bisons. As opposed to the fact that, like, look, most guys in AAA aren't going to make the majors. They're, they'll play in, in injury support, but or maybe they'll play in AAA early, but there's a lot more AA to major transition than there is AAA to major transition. Um, it's That's not necessarily always the case anymore. I mean, the Blue Jays seem to be using a lot of... Uh, seasoning in AAA to bring up guys like Kevin Biggio. Um, but he just made this nonsensical argument that the only reason why the Blue Jays were playing Suzuki as their starting shortstop wasn't because he had a higher war, wasn't because he was more reliable or he had a better betting average or anything. It was because they have a, high, they have a, a large Asian population in, in Toronto and therefore, they're playing Suzuki at shortstop. 
pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, okay, we're a sports team, right? Who, who do we got? Last. Okay. Uh, I know this is going to be a controversial answer, but I'm going to say the Buffalo Blizzard, Ryan. I'll take my answer off the air. Really? The now defunct I, Buffalo Blizzard. I said what I said. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're, and if you're listening, let's hear why. And if you're listening, Rudy and or Randy Pikasinski, all right. If I see you in the middle of the street, it's on site. Okay, it's on site because you should have made that kick that that four point goal. They were the ones that had like the four point goals, right? Yeah, yeah. You missed that one. You missed it one time when I went to the arena and I was a little kid. And I was really excited, and then like you missed it spectacularly, like the ball went backwards, and I've been mad about it ever since. Rudy and or Randy, I don't know which one of you it was, but by that metric, it's the Buffalo Blizzard. What, you had a mullet, whichever one it was of you, a um, glorious mullet. Glorious. glorious. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the worst local sports team is Canisius College basketball. Because I went to St. Bonaventure, and I have to hate them. It's it's required. It's actually the only thing you need to get a degree from Bonaventure is to hate Canisius. You can, other than that, you can fuck off for four years or six years or however long it takes you there, um, and drink your way through school. As long as you come out and you go, hey, yeah, Canisius, they blow. It's the Franciscan way. It's the Franciscan way. Take that Jesuits. Indeed. Uh, do we have any honorable mentions for the worst sports team? The Sabres. The Sabres, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, um, the you know, it's, it's definitely the Sabres. They're uh, the actual worst sports team, by the way. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. LOL, these fake answers, that's real. Right, I mean, it's, uh, the draft was just this week. They drafted Jack Quinn because he's no longer a congressman, so he has to do something. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean... I love the Sabres. I love hockey. I want the Sabres to be good. They just aren't. Uh, I mean, I feel for Jack Eichel. I wish I could adopt him. Our, our hearts break for Jack Eichel. <coughs> uh, I, I, again, we are not a sports podcast, but I am a longtime hater of the tank. So I'm of the belief that they deserve everything that they get. So I... I like Jack Eichel. I think he's cool. While at the same time, I hate everything that brought him here. So I, you know, I think the karma, the payment in karma that they're they're facing, they deserve one hundred percent. But were they to win the Stanley Cup, you would celebrate like crazy. Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah without question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was our worst of Buffalo podcast. Uh, if you have any ideas, please email us or, or, or tweet at us for things that we missed. Or maybe you agree with us. Maybe you're chefs and you want to argue with us. Although Billetier isn't there anymore, so who knows how argumentative they are now. Um, maybe you're stuff on my Hilu and you want to argue with us. Great. Bring it. Can't wait. You're, you're always welcome on this podcast. Yeah, stuff on, you're always welcome on the podcast. We'll talk about the red green budget and, and how it made your career. Yeah, no, and I, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening uh, to the cast today. If you did so, I want to thank Ryan, of course. I want to thank Jim, um, and yeah, 
a lot of worst of, a lot of hate, but there's certainly a lot of love there. And again, we're going to cover a wide breadth of topics. Um, hopefully, some interesting and engaging stuff. If there's anything um, you, the listener, would really like to hear or talk about, like let us know. We're we're always open to suggestion. Um, we're just getting started here, but at the same time, there's quite a bit to talk about. So I have a feeling that we could be doing this for quite some time um, with your support. So yeah, reach out, tweet us. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's all I've got, Jim. What do you got? Yeah, uh, well, if you want to tweet at me, my Twitter handle is at uh, James Tamel, James and then T as in Thomas, A M as in Michael, O L, or uh, reach out to me on Instagram at Battle Jim of the Republic. Yeah, I'm a boomer, and I'm like, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram, but I'm like taking a break. I might have to break that for this podcast. We'll see, um, but I'm not putting my stuff out there right now. I'm at the real Ryan Steele, but uh, the uh, uh, the Twitter handle for this podcast will most likely be at the Square Buffalo or something to that. We we got to make sure that it's not taken by it, it, it other may be people. Taken. I've got to look at that. It may be too many characters for a Twitter handle, but it'll be something to that effect. It'll be up there. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening. Uh, hope you listen in the future. We'll try to do better next time. Take care. Peace.